I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. I'm at HIMSS 16 speaking with Lucia Savage, Chief Privacy Officer at the Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT. Lucia will be telling us about some of the work underway at ONC this year and some news that the office has made over the last day or so. Hi, Lucia. Hi, Marianne. So now, Lucia, tell us what's most important this year in terms of what you're hoping ONC and the healthcare sector at large will accomplish related to privacy and security, but there's also been late news. Yes. So um, I'm probably not going to talk about the rule because that's really Elise Anthony's thing. And I want to break my answer up between privacy and security. So on the privacy side, as we wrote in the roadmap, we have a very determined march towards helping people understand that the privacy rules we have enacted federally actually support the exchange we're looking for people to engage in to improve patient care, to get smarter spending, and to improve the health of the population. So you've seen a lot of releases from ONC and from the Office for Civil Rights in the past month related to patient access, related to the ways that HIPAA supports exchange for treatment, the ways that HIPAA supports exchange between payers and providers for healthcare operations that are important to measuring how well the health system is doing. And now that we have that out, which has been a very long effort, we'll be working on amplifying that, answering questions about it, taking feedback on it, what else do people need clarification on, and sort of pushing that out so that it gets to decision makers, the lawyers supporting the healthcare system, um, and helps people feel comfortable taking advantage of the permission they have to exchange. Now, you made reference to the rule, and you're not going to go into detail, but just very briefly tell our listeners what that was. So um, this morning we published a notice of proposed rulemaking for um, oversight of certified EHR technology and what we're proposing and it'll be a dialogue with stakeholders is some mechanisms for direct oversight by ONC of the certain certain things that happen in the field when EHRs are put into place. And now yesterday Secretary Burwell also announced that there is progress in terms of health IT interoperability and a pledge that EHR vendors are taking regarding standardized APIs. What's the privacy and security component of that that you think is important? Well, there's several components. So the first one is patients have almost inviolable right to get their data and to send it where they want it to go. There's some very narrow circumstances in which that can be not recognized. And The APIs and the apps meet the patients where they are on their handheld devices, where they are authenticating themselves, and let the data manage where they want it to go. So in your case, Marianne, you could send it to a different doctor, an acupuncturist, a chiropractor, to an uncle who was a retired physician, anywhere where you want it to go. And the physician who's disclosing it can't really say no. They can take 30 days, but they can't really say no. And that's a key piece of this open API and app functionality. We want the apps to be able to bring that right to life. Secondly, we want the apps and the APIs to be able to help the doctors communicate better with each other so they're not mailing CDs back and forth, getting these incredible data dumps where they can't process the data, and the apps and the APIs that providers might use do the exact same thing. So not only do we have the pledges, but this morning Steve Kosnack announced his app challenges, and there's one app challenge for a consumer-facing app to empower consumers to move that data where they want it to go, and there's one challenge for a provider app, which would be an app that enables the providers to talk to each other through these automated processes. 
So now, will that help address the whole issue of information blocking? And what other sorts of information blocking do you still hear about that is worrisome to you? Especially, I guess, when it comes to the misunderstandings or the use of HIPAA as an excuse to share information. Well, it's a very important tool in the information blocking or unblocking toolkit, but it also depends on people taking action. So individuals have to ask for their data and ask for it to move. We do have a lot of hopes for this because it's coupled with the Precision Medicine Initiative where there's an explicit desire of the government, including President Obama last week, to have patients direct the data out of their normal provider's data systems into the precision medicine data systems so it can be researched. And we think that when those million people enroll in precision medicine, we'll really start to see a tipping point. So now tell us a little bit about some of the privacy and security work you're doing at ONC in support of the precision medicine initiative. Sure. Well, we were uh, very instrumental with the rest of the administration in helping develop the privacy and security principles, which are now being brought to life by various task force and, uh, and advisory groups within NIH. So one of those, for example, is how do you explain to participants exactly what's going to happen with their genomic data once it's collected? How do you, consistent with fair information practices and privacy rules, interact with them about their data? What are their rights to access the data as a conceptual level in that precision medicine database. So that's one thing we've done. And then I've had staff in my area specifically working on the security principles, which were released last week for public comment. And then they'll be working further to work with NIST to develop the security, pro the cybersecurity profile for PMI sites. You mentioned NIST, and I know that OCR and NIST have worked together, I guess, in creating this crosswalk. How important is that in terms of upping the game in terms of the sorts of things that organizations should be doing to protect health data? Well, I will say it was actually a three-agency effort. Ourselves, NIST, and OCR um, wanted to, to take the NIST framework and match it to the security rules so that cyber professionals would understand how their activity met or did not meet the HIPAA requirements. So that's out as of last Wednesday. And I think it's really important for two things. One is it helps the cyber professionals make their case that their work, in fact, advances the HIPAA security standards, but we have more work to do. And the next the next phase of the work is figure out exactly how to take something which is a quite technical document, meaningful to cyber professionals, and turning it into something that the C-suite can understand for its capital investments and for its risk management. Secretary Burwell also yesterday mentioned the security task force that's been created, and that's in support of the cybersecurity Act of 2015, and what is ONC's participation in that? So um, we are, you know, my job and my office is to help the secretary with everything health IT that she needs if I can supply it. Um, so at a staff level, we support all the work to implement that task force. Um, so that is everything from, you know, figuring out all the moving parts, identifying work that is already underway that the task force can take advantage of, kind of whatever we need. Within HHS, there's a very good collaboration on cybersecurity across ONC, OCR, FDA, ASPR, which is the agency with the direct responsibility. So we are always working together very closely. Now, there's been several major hacker attacks on the healthcare sector over the last year. We're seeing ransomware attacks. What's most worrisome to you in terms of some of the threats we're seeing? To be honest, I think that the technologists really know what to do to do their best to stay ahead of the bad guys. The bad guys are super clever, um, and 
what we can do at ONC and within the government is encourage people to actually do that but not freeze the data. We have complementary challenges. We have to be secure, but we also have to get the data for, to move for health. If we put the data in a cement vault, as one of my um, coworkers says, then nobody will know what you need for your treatment. So we have to do both and in this situation. Now, back in January, CMS's acting administrator, Andy Slavitt, had publicly said that HHS is now in the process of ending meaningful use and moving to an implementation of the Medicare Access and CHIP Reauthorization Act. Those comments kicked off some speculation and confusion about the future of meaningful use. As far as you know, is HHS proceeding with stage three? And where is the future in terms of the additions or future addition of the health IT certification program? You know, meaningful use is a statutorily required program, but we are nearing the end of its time and it will evolve into a different kind of different program where we're measuring the healthcare system differently. We have uh, MACRA requiring us to change the way we do measures, and underneath all of that, we can't accomplish that without the data moving in the right way. So that's really my focus is, what do we need to do from a data perspective to maintain privacy, keep the data moving where it needs to go, ensure that the data is secure so that it can be used to measure and make the system accountable. Finally, what else should we be watching for from ONC or HHS in general in terms of privacy and security developments or initiatives this year? Well, we have a couple of things in the hopper. We also announced uh, our the uh, chance for people to comment on updating our model privacy notice. So we first issued that in 2011 relative to the data practices of PHR vendors, and it was an open source tool that vendors could use to publish their data practices to customers. And we think that with the advent of wearables and trackers and, you know, that whole internet of things that's collecting data about your health, it's kind of time for a refresh. So we published that in the register. People can give us comments. There's a bunch of questions listed. We'll take those comments in, analyze them, figure out what we want to do next with that MPN, and we hope that at the end of the day, developers take what we create as an open source tool and actually use it to transparently describe their data practices to customers. One of the things that we've learned from our API task force is that the customers who are adults are pretty confident they can manage their health data and they don't need to be patronized. But what they do need is clear descriptions from the people who are collecting the data of what they're collecting it for, why they're collecting it, where is it going, what's it going to be used for, is it going to be monetized, all that stuff. So we're really hoping to facilitate some transparency for the consumer through the MPN. And finally, there is various initiatives in the medical community, including those that are, I guess, supported by the Obama administration, like the cancer moonshot. In terms of big data and genomic data, anything in particular that ONC is working on along those lines when it comes to the privacy and security of big data, genomic data, or something that perhaps could be kicked off this year? Well, we did finish our a report to the White House on health big data. We sent that up to them, I want to say September or October, but it's available on healthit.gov. But I think that's the key thing about precision medicine. Precision medicine is two, two facets. One facet is using the big data analytics to find the patterns that might not be discernible in the absence of such a big pool of data, but then drilling down on that pattern to figure out I need to use this treatment for Marianne's version of cancer and that treatment for Lucia's version of cancer. And so, again, it's sort of a both and. And 
we would not be where we are today with precision medicine if we didn't take advantage of those big data analytic techniques. Thanks, Lucia. I've been speaking to Lucia Savage of ONC. I'm Marianne Kobasak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.